I would like you to welcome today uh, uh, Rose Cedar, and she's going to be come and give her testimony today. Rose, come on up. Thank you, Joe. Yes. It's good. All right. Welcome, Thank Rose. Good to have you. Thank you guys for coming. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank God for giving me the opportunity to be here with you guys and um, share my testimony with you. I also want to thank God for my wonderful family. They're all here, and there's going to be a picture of them up there. This is my immediate family um, at our son and Ashley's wedding. They're right there. <laughs> um, Basically, um, the accent comes from Tehran, Iran. I was born in Tehran to an Armenian Christian family, and um, my family was a very devout Christian, and they always went to church, to the only evangelical Armenian church in Tehran. And um, we never missed a Sunday, never. And... Um, it was good. turned out to be good because here I am today. <laughs> so um, my dad, um, at age of four, he was or orphaned, and um, he was raised by his aunt and um, basically mentored by his great-grandfather, by his grandfather, who's my great-grandfather. Uh, his name was Der Zaven. Der Zaven, um, on a daily basis, read the Bible to my dad and just coached him and became the reason that he got to know Jesus and became a Christ follower. He left a chest full of first print Armenian Bibles to my dad um, for his, you know, inheritance and a blessing that went along to, to his, the generation that follows him. And um, the oldest Bible that was um, given to my dad by his grandfather was uh, dedicated to an Armenian museum, and it's in, in that museum now. If you ever go there, look it up. It says Shabazian. <laughs> um, my dad was a taxi driver all his life, most his adult life, and he worked like very hard, about 14 to 16 hours a day, every day, and the traffic in Iran, you guys know, is like 10 times worse than New York traffic. So he was very, very exhausted every day, and he had a few accidents here and there. And I wanted to show my, my mom and dad's picture. And then my dad's. Um, that's my family in our backyard. That meek-looking one over there, the skinny one, it's me. <laughs> and this is um, my dad used to take us to a lot of picnics to, to pick fresh fruit, he loved fresh fruit and so this is one of the uh, occasions where we went to um, uh, basically uh, not to pick but shake the tree, a mulberry trees and we held uh, a big sheet under it and collected all the um, berries and ate them <laughs> And uh, this is my dad with his, the, the, the gentleman in the back, the smaller guy is my dad with his taxi, and that's our next door neighbor with his taxi. So um, I also have a picture of my mom. 
my, my niece, Anasha, is kissing her. Mom, would you like to stand up, say hello? <laughs> This is Elizabeth, my mom. Thank you, mom. When I was four years old, I got really sick. I had diphtheria, meningitis, whooping cough, you name it. And um, my mom frantically took me to the doctors in Tehran. And um, after a couple of months, I got healed of my diseases. And then a couple of I don't know, weeks passed, and my mom really noticed that I'm not saying much of anything. Actually, I'm not talking at all. I'm not arguing back to her. I'm not talking to my sisters or brothers or my friends, and so she tested me, and um, I failed. I couldn't talk back to her and say anything to her, so she remembered one of her friends um, had a dog. Her name was Mariam, and uh, she had a, sorry. She had a daughter that um, also was, a, uh, was dumb, and people were making fun of her all the time at school and her friends. So um, she was really sad, my mom. She said, I can't raise a ch child like this. I got to do whatever I can to make sure she starts talking again. So she took me to uh, various doctors, as I said, and, and they healed my sicknesses. And... Um, after that, she said, so what am I going to do? Um, so she said, I'm going to ask my friends and family to see what they suggest. So they, some of them suggested some ancient home remedies. Please don't laugh at us. <laughs> okay, so one of the ancient remedies was give me a cut with sharp, sharp raisins in my bag. I, t I had Josh take a picture of it so I could show it to you. But he said it's ugly. <laughs> So believe me, the, the evidence is there. So I didn't get healed, of, of, of course. And then somebody else said, I heard that if you put a leech under her tongue and it sucks up the blood, the dead blood, then she's going she's to start talking. So they did that, and I don't remember that at all. <laughs> Thank God. And the leech sucked some blood, and nothing happened. I didn't get better. So somebody else said, oh, you have to scare her. So you have to scare her really badly so she's out of the shock and she's going to talk. So they scared me really badly somehow <laughs> and I didn't talk. And um, so she was very sad and crying and praying at the same time. So she decided to go to um, our church that she goes to and she remembered that in the Bible there are lots of promises about God healing us. And uh, she remembered a few in particular. Psalm 32 says, Lord, my God, I called to you to, for help, and you healed me. And in Jeremiah 17, 14, the Bible says, Heal me, Lord, and I will be healed. Save me, and I will be saved, for you are the one I praise. So armed with this nice promising verses, she went to the, my, uh, our pastors, um, one of them, pa Pastor Levon, who passed away two years ago, and that's his picture, and his wife and my mom next to them, and another pastor, 
His name was Pastor Seth. If you can see the picture of Pastor Seth, he's the one on the right with the red circle around him. And he's praying over a young pastor at that, in this picture. Uh, let me sidestep for a second and show you another uh, picture of another um, pastor. His name is Pastor Haik Hovsepian. Pastor Hovsepian was martyred in Iran. He was a pastor all his life in Tehran, and he insisted on um, preaching in Farsi and Armenian, and the government of Iran had repeatedly given him warning not to preach in Farsi or else he'll be imprisoned or killed, but he didn't care. He just continued praying and preaching for the Iran anybody that came to the church, and they had a uh, headset that would translate anything that he was saying in Armenian into Farsi. And um, so he was found dead and, and buried in a Muslim cemetery. Um, they had to, you know, take his body out. And when they found him after several months of looking for him, somebody confessed. And so basically that's the story. So anyway, um, going back to our, our main story, and the two pastors, Pastor Seth and Levon, they suggested to my mom that praying is not enough, you have to fast too. So they decided to fast and pray three days a week until I was healed. And so they started praying and fasting. And uh, after two weeks, my mom got frustrated because she, she was sorry for me. She kept carrying me, you know, even though I was old enough, four years old, and, and crying and praying. And so she, one night, she decided, okay, this is it. So she said a prayer, like a one-on-one -on -one type of prayer to God, really one-on-one. -on -one. Said, you know, I, you know I have faith. I know I have faith, and I know you know I have faith, so I don't know what the problem is. You <laughs> <coughs> it says in the Bible, if you have faith, I will heal you, so it's time to keep your promise. So <laughs> she said to her, she was like saying, I talked to God like, like, like a friend, like it hear me. So he said, she said, I said, okay, I believe in, in your healing power so much that I'm going to make a deal with you. You heal her tonight or you can have her. I don't want a dumb, doc, dumb daughter that will grow up and everybody will make fun of her and ridicule her. So this is what I'm praying for and this is what I'm asking you. I'm giving her back to you or give me my daughter fully speaking and hearing and everything. So she went to sleep that night. And uh, in her dream, she, I mean, in, in her sleep, she saw a dream. Um, a person opened the door. Oh, let me describe where we live. It was gorgeous. It was one room with a metal uh, roll-up roll up door. People used to use those for warehouses. And they were converted to a studio. My siblings, three, the four, four kids, and my mom and dad, we lived there. And we didn't have a bathroom inside or a kitchen. And we had a very fancy stove called Aladdin. <laughs> Aladdin was this tall, this wide. And my mom cooked on it. It was for heating, making tea on it, 
Sometimes she ironed the clothes on it like that. And it used kerosene for heating. So I was, I'm just kidding when it was fancy. It wasn't really fancy. So, um, but we were happy. And um, that night, like on any other night, we slept next to each other on this thin mattress of four kids. And my, my dad and mom were there sleeping too. And then um, she saw a dream. In the dream, the door was like squeaked open. And she looked and said, oh my god, that's Jesus. I can see. Because he looks exactly like that on the cover of uh, the Armenian um, calendar they give out every year at church. That's him. So he must have heard my prayer. So Jesus comes in and asks for me. He says, where is she? And she points out, there she is. And he holds me in his arms and he opens up this, he had colorful red and blue and green chanels and glowing, you know, over his head. And he opened this chanel and took something like a dagger, like, like the, with a blade this big and opened my mouth up and stuck the dagger all the way, <coughs> all the way to the handle in my mouth and churned it and took something like um, the gods of the sheep people eat sometime. I don't know what it's called. Tripe. <coughs> Looked like a tripe looking something. And she said, he said to my mom, here she is, she's healed. You have to have, I know you have faith, but you have to also wait. <laughs> so he dropped that thing on the floor, and um, the plump sound of it made my, my mom wake up, and she looked around, and she saw me staring at her, um, sitting up, staring at her, and she said, I got tested. So she said, what is that? And my dad had brought an apple. We had a counter. She put it on the counter. I said, an apple, of course. And then she was like, oh, my God, you can talk. And so she started waking my mom, my dad up. And my dad was, oh, my God, she's so stressed out. She's going crazy. And then she went out. Oh, before that, she said, oh, my God, that, that was Jesus. I got to go out after her, after him, and ask for a house. So he yelled at <laughs> So he says, Jesus, Jesus, please give us a house too, please. And then <laughs> she went and knocked on all the neighbors' doors. Okay, where we live was um, like a communal household. There were lots of single or double rooms. In the middle, there was a, some kind of a water thing, like a pool, a small pool. And there was a public bathroom and some sort of kitchen if you wanted to take turn cooking there sometimes. So she had access to many, many neighbors. And she went and woke everybody up and said, my daughter is healed, and you have to know about it. I'm telling you, she is healed. And one of them thought she's gone crazy. She had a scarf. She opened it and tried my mom's hands. <laughs> she said, we have to take you to the doctor. My mom said, talk to her before you go take me to the doctor. Talk to her. She's going to respond to you. So I did. And um, I won't stop talking. <laughs> Praise God. He's a wonderful healer. Um, in my um, household, um, as I was saying, my, my great-grandfather must have blessed us, my parents and our family a lot because a lot of nice miracles have happened to our family. And um, because I have the time, 
and I have the privilege and the blessing. I'd like to share another one with you. Do I have time? Yeah, I have time. <laughs> okay. Um, when I was 12 years old, about 12 years old, um, my dad had a very bad car accident. And um, that morning, uh, about 5 a.m., uh, two police officers came to my house, our house, and, and woke my mom up and said, your, your husband is in, a, in jail because he had an accident, and the other person is in a coma. So we don't know if he's going to live or not. In case he doesn't live, your husband has to stay in jail. So um, that was very shocking. As I said, my dad worked hard, and he long long hours and bad traffic. So things like that is expected. That night was a night of Ashura Tasua. That's a night where uh, Islamic uh, morning night, three days of mourning, and they're not allowed to drink at all, especially on those days. The other gentleman was drunk. Um, and so he didn't know where, what he was doing. He was driving recklessly. And since my dad was coming from um, the smaller street and he was on the main avenue, they said, you're he had to give him rights or whatever. It's his fault, so they took him to the hospital. And um, so my mom, as usual, started praying and asking for everybody um, in our church to pray for this gentleman who happened to be a Muslim guy. And um, after a couple of weeks of praying, my mom gathered us together and said, we have to really seriously pray hard. This is not working out. This guy... If he doesn't, he's not healed, your dad is going to stay in jail, and he's our breadwinner. What are we going to do? We're going to, like, be homeless. So <clears throat> we started praying really hard. And that night, my mom saw a dream. In her dream, she was going to a hospital to visit a patient, a hunky big man. And um, let me tell you that the family of that guy that was in the hospital in coma would not allow us to go see him in real life, I mean, to visit him, because they were mad at us for having the accident with, with their husband, their father. So she saw a dream. In her dream, she was standing over this, this patient, and he was sort of restrained by some ties to the bed, so he doesn't move. And she said, I was like looking at the patient so sadly, and I didn't know who it was I was looking at. And then I, all of a sudden I realized this is the guy that my husband had an accident with. So um, she said, I was like looking at him sadly, and all of a sudden I looked up and I saw Jesus looking at me and smiling. And he had something in his hand, and he wiped away this gentleman's sweat in, the, in my dream. And... She said, I was thinking in my dream to myself, hmm, Jesus loves Muslims too. <laughs> and, then, and then she said, hmm, I was thinking, oh, and Jesus smiled at me again. She said, I was so ashamed of myself for thinking that because Jesus loves everyone. So she woke up from her dream, and she knew that's a good, good dream. I mean, he's going to be healed. So she called... Um, well, they didn't have a phone. She went over to uh, the guy that um, one of our neighbors was a doctor who worked at the same hospital as that gentleman was in. 
So he went, she went there and, and said, listen, I saw this dream, and he's going to be healed. Our prayers are healed. He said, in the morning, come back at 6 a.m., and we're going to go visit him. So they go in the morning at 6 a.m. They go to the hospital, and my mom says, I want to go straight to the administration office and tell him that such and such person is healed, and I want to give my testimony. And the guy said, okay, first let's check. He said, no, no checking. He is healed, I know. So they went and, and called, talked to the, the, whoever was there working that morning, the administrator, the doctors, and they said, you know what happened? Actually, your patient, he died last night. Um, he did not have any vital signs, and he was in a coma for more than three, four weeks. So we, the doctor declared him dead. So, but you know what? I don't know what happened. Because some students, uh, doc, uh, doctor to be, what do they call them? Intern, came and um, they're allowed to do you know, experimental surgeries on patients who have just passed away. Okay, so before they take them to the freezer area. So he did the surgery, he cut this brain, I mean the skull, and he sucked out the, um, all of the blood that was around the brain and the guy moved. So we resuscitated him. Woo, I don't know how you do it. <laughs> Praise God, it was so awesome. Yeah. So he said, I don't know why you know. And so my mom said, I saw the dream, that's why I'm here. You don't know, don't, don't, you, don't you get why I'm here at six o'clock in the morning? I'm not even allowed to visit this patient, but I'm here. So, um, it was very nice. Two weeks after the guy was uh, released from the hospital, we went and bought this big um, Santa Claus. It's called Baba Nowruz. It's this Iranian Santa Claus. A big box of cookies. <laughs> <laughs> box of cookies, and we went to visit this gentleman and his family, you know. And um, we went in, and uh, we sat, and we talked to, to them, and... Uh, the guy said to us kids, I don't know if you remember, do you remember? She said, he said, come touch my head. It's like a watermelon or melon. It's soft, there's no bone here. <laughs> so we went and touched his head. <laughs> and so his, uh, his wife said, was not very happy because she wanted to still sue us for 15,002 months. And he was mad at her. He said, you know, I'm alive. I'm here celebrating Norus with you. New Year with you, you should be happy, you should thank God. Why you want to sue these poor people? They are the reason they prayed and God healed me. So anyway, that was, uh, they dropped the suit and everything went fine. <laughs> I still have seven more minutes. My mom said two days ago, do you know if you have room, you have to add this one, uh, one last thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, okay, mom, I'll do it. She said, I was, uh, when I was in my late 20s, I was walking down the street um, and um, I passed the Moses' carpet store. We call it Moses. It's like Moses, actually. 
And uh, there was a gentleman there. I stopped by to say hello because he's an older person in the family. I was going to be respectful and not just pass by and not say hello. So I went inside. I said, hello, how are you, Moses? And he said, oh, this gentleman is such and such person. Have you met? Had you know him? Said, My mom said, no, nice to meet you. They said hello and had a cup of tea there, and she left. That night she comes home, and she sees a dream. Oh, let me go back. Before that, a couple of months before that, she had been contemplating about, is, this, uh, is there a hell or really hell and heaven? Is it true that there is hell and there is heaven? So she wasn't very sure. As a young bride, my dad was the, the Christian you know, husband. He was the one that was taking her to, to church and mentoring her and showing her, telling her about, about his faith and Christ and God and, and everything. So she had a hard time believing there's actually a hell and heaven. So that day, after meeting this gentleman, she, she, had, she had no idea what was going to happen. She went home and went to sleep and saw a dream. In her dream, all of her street was full of angels with trumpets. They were playing a really nice melody. No human beings were there. These four angels were carrying a casket, and hundreds of other angels in the street were playing trumpets. And she said, I thought to myself in my dream, this must be a very famous person, like godly person that God has put all these angels here to carry his casket and play trumpets for him. And she said, she said, as I was thinking that in my dream, the casket door opened up a little bit, and a hand of a man came out of it, and a voice came out of it and said, it is I, the gentleman you met earlier today. I'm here going to heaven. God sent for me to go to heaven. These are the angels taking me to heaven. My wife is not a believer. Could you please go tell my wife? that the angels took me to heaven. And my mom was so excited. She woke up from her dream and like about an hour later, she heard some commotion in the street. Everybody was out like, oh my God, who, di who died, who died? And she realized that gentleman that was in her dream passed away the night before. And um, for my mom, that that was proof that there is heaven and hell, and it's true. <laughs> so she wanted me to make sure that I mentioned that, and she, of course, went and told his wife about that dream. And I don't know if she believed after that or not, but um, she wanted to share that with you guys. And, and then, oh, more, four more minutes. <laughs> Last week, Madeleine, Margaret, Anoshe, and Sarah, and I went to Colorado. In Colorado, in the plane, at, we took Virgin America Airlines. And Ma Madeleine, my sister, who's sitting here, she said, I no she noticed, she noticed um, this girl sitting across the aisle from her was very sad, so she started talking to her. And she realized that she's on her way to go decide on her mom's destiny because her mom went into a coma 
and she, she was the person who decides whether or not pull the plug or not. And she shared some information with Madeline, and I was like taking a nap next to her. I go, who's she talking to? She never talks to any strangers. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> she was really nice to her, and um, my sisters decided and offered to pray for her mom to be healed and come out of the coma. So we all held hands, Sarah, Anashe, Margaret, Mar Madeline, and I. We prayed for Juanita's mom. And uh, after that, during that prayer, my uh, sister told um, Monita that an accident happened to my brother-in-law. He was in a coma. He fell down third story in Fremont, and he, you know, was healed. And he, he's, you know, on a wheelchair now, but he's out of coma. So believe in it, and we're going to pray. We didn't even ask if she was Christian or not, uh, or if she believed in God or not. So we thought. We do, we believe, so we, we're going to pray for her. So then we were in um, Colorado on a rafting trip, uh, third day after that. And Margaret said, hey, Juanita sent a text. Her mom is up. <laughs> Praise God. I asked Margaret to give me, um, sent me a copy of the, text from Juanita so I can put it on the board, but I forgot to do that, sorry. Uh, but uh, thank God, you know, she's uh, healed, and um, she said, I will never forget your family, and, and God you prayed for, too. So, praise God for that. Yeah. Uh, you guys have a couple of minutes for questions, if you have. If you have any questions. I didn't go to, through any persecutions per se, but um, anytime something went wrong with friends, like even Muslim friends or neighbors or officials, they called us dog Armenians, like the lowest form of things they can call you is a dog. So they didn't think much of us, but God does. <laughs> Thank you. Does anyone else have a question? How did I come to the U.S.? I dreamed. <laughs> I prayed and prayed, and in my dream, there was a green and red moon and a and a um, and a sun, and it was a balloon, and it has a had a thread I, um, tied to it, and I jumped and jumped, and I got him, and I pulled him down, and I told my mom about it. She says, they're going to give you a visa as a student. I came to, to um, go to um, Buffalo um, to a Christian college called Houghton University. Um, then after that, I came to California. I visited Armenia, and so did my family um, about eight years ago. And the bookmark that uh, you have it contains two of the churches in Armenia and the verses that relate to healing. 
And my gift to you, my husband helped me design and print that. <laughs> Any other questions? Well, Rose, I have to personally thank you so much for coming and sharing thank today. Thank you for hearing me. And I'm so glad that God is in the business of miracles and, and it's, yes. it's evidence, and, and it's especially in your life. And uh, Rose, as we're uh, closing right now, what is one thing that we as a home builder family can pray for you about? Is there anything specific that you can think of that we'd like to close in prayer with you now? Yes. I'd like you all to pray for my cousin's son. What's his name? Carl. Carl? Oh, just his well-being and his happiness and okay. so that he moves to U.S. to be with, with his mom. Very good. Well, let's pray for Carl right now and for thank you, Rose. You. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity as we as home builders can come together and pray. Lord, we pray for Carl and the specific need that, that they, this family has right now. God, I just pray that you help meet this need. And um, thank you so much for just your intervention in our lives. And uh, Lord, I thank you for Rose and just the story and the testimony that she just now shared with us. And, and Lord, the, the miracles that have been just opened up to her and her family. Uh, what a joy it is that she can share with us in Home Builders today. And, and we rejoice in this and we give you honor and praise and glory for all that has taken place. Uh, thank you for this time. And I pray that as we go now, Lord, that we will use our mouths, that you've given us speech, that we can use it to share the good news with those around us. And we give you honor and praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank Let's you. give a nice, amen. another round of applause for Rose. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Rose, so much.